next week, something evil comes to Last week on Lore Seekers. Everything in Black Marsh wants you dead, says senior writer designer <laughs> Layman Tuttle from Zenimax Online Studios. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, because you could be getting bit by the Titsi fly, standing in water up to standing in dirty water up to your knees, and a turd floats by. On Turdus. <laughs> <laughs> oh buddy you gotta go to the bathroom are you making onesies or twosies do you have to go boobies Say, how does that work do they just take a crap in their swamp like is there like designated areas I mean not to d- detract here but think about that for a second I don't wanna All of t- <laughs> psst you Traveler, what do you know of this land? Do you wish to learn of its law? Come, <laughs> rest your weary feet and warm yourself by the fire. Let's share some mead, listen to tales of misadventure, and learn of Tamriel's rich history with the law seekers. <laughs> ah, here they are now, jibs and cash. That is a small batch, single barrel whiskey. Oh. Yeah, that I picked up in Woodhearth. What do you think? Oh, okay, yeah, I dig it. Uh, I need more. Well, I don't know if you're going to get any kegger? more of that. It might be I from another kegger. continent. Oh, okay, fantastic. Yeah, we're not going to be here long. <laughs> oh, oh, even better. All right, well, uh, oh, hey, look who's here. Hey, welcome aboard. Welcome back, friends. Have you a seat? Cash will uh, hook you up with the old whatever he just said. Not too much. Barrel. Not too much. This is expensive stuff, buddy. This is expensive. This is just limited a dish. That's right. That's what this is. So what's going on? It's been a while. Yeah. It well it hasn't been that long. I mean, geez, James, I talk to you every stinking day. No, we don't either. Yeah, it feels like forever. It's it been, a while. been a while. No, it's been I say like that a every week. week, but we don't mean it. But, it's been yeah. like a week since we've done this, but. Yeah, it feels like forever. We probably know each other's lives a little too weirdly, but anyway, <laughs> that's not for them yeah. to know. It's none it's of their true. business. It's okay, true. maybe it is your business. Brothers, that's what happens. <laughs> Brothers got a hug. Got a hug. what's happening? <laughs> no, things are good, man. Um, I've had uh, just another great week. Um, yeah. Been able to dive into ESO pretty much mm-hmm. every stinking day, because when I don't, I get grumpy. So, no, it's been good. I get um, my mix. I got my holojack crates, but I discovered something. I just dis- I discovered something. My what? free ones, right? The three yeah. free we're supposed to get for logging in every day. Yeah. So one of the days I had a very busy shift at the old workplace, and I wasn't able to log in until like later at night. I uh-huh. think it was past the window of the twenty four hour period because. Oh, Cash got shied one holojack crate, and I was a little perturbed about that. Well, I'm kind of right there with you, because I actually only opened two crates. I earned three, was only able to open two. Uh, I, I think the third glitched out, 
I never physically got to see myself open it. Ooh, so, that's like putting in a dollar into the vending machine and having the vending machine flip you off and not give you your dollar back. Yeah, gave me the old Molag ball bag, and I don't appreciate it. Yeah, well, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> Buy crates. Right. What are you going to do? Free crates. Yeah. You can never complain when it's free. It, all, it never ceases to, be, to amaze me, people, how offended and upset and they'll complain about something that's totally free. I'm like, you did nothing to earn it, but click a button and type in your password. What more they do you want? killed mobs. They well, these are gamers, them. bro. Gamers are fickle, fickle creatures. They are, man. They are. Yeah. We gamers, you give us an inch, we'll take a mile. Yeah. Uh, well, good. I'm glad your week's been good. Uh, yeah, for me, it's been... Started a new tune. Uh, <laughs> Coaxing me into starting a new tune. Yeah, I think you're possibly looking at that. No, I totally blame the listeners, and this is fully 100% on you. This has nothing to do with me. All on you. I I say that as I literally play TSO every day. But, uh, so, we've been getting a lot of emails and people on Twitter and even in the Discord community that are linking their journals and entries and journal entries and it's more and more are getting into this and first off i think that's just so cool that people are you know doing this as well and uh just kind of cataloging their adventures in in tamriel i think that's so cool maybe we'll find a way to kind of bring all that together one day but um you know i found myself uh, even last week i said i was going to try a new build on the ward and tried it and I don't, I didn't like it, man. I don't know. It just, something about it lost its, I guess, its interest. It just lost its appeal for me. And so That's I okay. found my, I found myself kind of like, what do I, you know, I, I want to do this journal, but I don't want to play this class. So what do I do? And uh, so I started a, a Stam Templar werewolf for DPS. I, I love it, but what did you do with your old character? Did you murder him in the journal? No, because I, no. I could have I could have Wolven the Lore Seeker like meet up with him in a tavern somewhere and shiv him. You want to kill Jibs the Lore Seeker? Just saying. I mean, if I help you <laughs> help bring closure, I mean, like, am I going to be able to continue the show? Yeah. Well, you, whatever new character you roll, you're just going to name it Jibs the Lore Seeker. So it's true. That. I do. Literally everything. That's literally what the new ta- new new tune. Well, tell me, uh, tell me about your temp, is. dude. I like it. Okay, so he is uh, bow slash dual wield, and I like it. I've never done werewolf before, and you know I've been really wanting to, especially with Wolf Hunter dropping all those weeks ago and getting the gear and the buffs, etc. It is so much fun. Like there is more. I, I was thinking of you today because I was running a dungeon as DPS. And I looked down at my stam, and this is after doing rotation after rotation. My stam is just about full, and being a Templar, you know the the healing is always good anyway. Yeah. And he he is a red guard, so he does have the stam bonuses. But it it's like it it it's so it's like the perfect ranger, which is so not what I expected. But everything that I am in a single player. Elder Scrolls Online experience, or Elder Scrolls experience. Like, I always did the bow. Anytime in Skyrim, 
that was my thing. I very I've never even finished the storyline in that yet. I would always download the mod where you could sell the the furs and get a higher price. And that's what I was. I'd go around with my bow and kill animals and sell it. So I'm totally able to do that. And plus, the dual wield is so fun because it's so different. You know, you it's just it's different than what I'm used to with the uh, destruction staffs or two handers and and so I've got this ability that's seriously starting to stick out to me more and more. And I'm going to pull it up here while I talk. But it allows me to, essentially, when there's bodies all around me, the the morph of this is called... Let me scroll over the bottom here. Stay with me, stay with me. We're almost there. Threes, twos, ones, we're almost there. And it's called Repentance. So oh, I yeah, can yeah. Yeah. consecrate the souls of the fallen, healing myself and my allies, and restoring stamina to each corpse from each corpse in the area. So like I'll I'll use this and then you'll just see beams of light go out to these corpses and it's replenishing me. Jesus beam. Yeah, Jesus beam. I think and that's is, what they call the Jesus beam. Yeah, it is amazing and it it uh. makes this build so much fun. It's so different. That's what I like about it. It's so well, different. Here's here's where I am where I'm proud of you. And I'm kind of proud of myself in the same vein. We you <laughs> and I we take a lot of crap for building characters up and then like, yeah, we're over that one. And then we'll like, we'll murder them. Right. Yeah. Off yeah. my list. Yep. So I can see where people can be like, dude, really? Like how much time are you wasting doing that? I don't see that as wasted time. What you're doing, I do not see as wasted time. And here's why. This is our long-term game. I mean, for me, straight it has been over a year that i've been playing elder scrolls online that is a freaking milestone for me the last game that did that for me was world of warcraft okay yeah so this it it says a lot for me that my gamer add has not kicked in in full tilt even when i like split off to go play skyrim a little bit i play skyrim you know maybe four or five hours and i love that game but i'm right back to eso okay yeah so that being said When you take your time with each of these classes and each of these builds and you feel them all out, play the content, do some PvP, run some dungeons, get involved in that character for a little while, you may or may not find that you don't mesh with it at the end game. Exactly. I'm okay with that until you find... Now, hopefully you find something that you like. Right. But if you continue to do this until you find what you like imagine how much better and well-versed you're going to be at the game having played almost every single class until you truly found the build and the class that you love those combos that you love and then that's your forever character right that's okay right and that's kind of where i'm at that's kind of where i'm at now i i've played my sork i love him i'm so Super concerned about the, the changes that are coming up to Sork, which I know oh, we're going to talk gosh. about. Oh, yeah. Um, I really enjoy the Warden. But the one thing that I'm finding that my Stam Warden lacks is um, it, his sustain is great, but you have to stay on. Like, you got a Lotus Blossom all day long. You got to constantly watch, make sure your Lotus Blossom's up, and then you got a Heavy Attack to keep your, to keep your resources up. Yeah, see, I well, when like I that. Heavy Attack, it's like lowering down my deeps a little bit. And I want to keep my DPS up. So I really want like a full utility class 
that can that can fully sustain. And that's what my Sork was. And now I'm a little bit worried about that. I'm very worried um, about that. That's why but, I roll one. We'll talk a little bit. Right. And that's why you have sparked my interest now in the Templar. Now, I have a Healy Templar uh, that I took to trials last week with the Lore Seekers Guild. And I, I really enjoyed healing on him. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. He was super fun mm-hmm. healing on my Templar. Now, mm-hmm. I have never played a Magicka-based DPS Templar. Are you going to go Magicka or Stam? I'm going to go Magicka. And the Magica, only reason okay. being is because Wolven the Lore Seeker, my warden, is a dual-wield deep. He's a dual-wield bow setup, just like your Templar is. And I, I want to do mm-hmm. something a little different this time. And I'm going to make a full comparison to my my um, Magicka Sork and the Templar. Magicka Templar. Fantastic. DPS. Yeah. So why not? What, do, yeah, what else like, do I have to do? Right. Exactly. Right. No. I. But I totally. I mean, I totally agree. Because yeah, we do. We. We. There's times where we definitely take flack for trying various classes. But I'll be honest with you. I agree with with you in the sense that it's not a waste of time. What we're doing is gaining knowledge, and we're able to reiterate that knowledge to you, all the listeners over the airwaves. What we've learned what we've picked up on. And so I'd much rather be well-versed in various classes than only know one class and pretty much have them mastered. That's exactly. just my my way of gaming. And I know yours is very similar. So, but, so yeah. By doing that, we've done this, what, six months now? We've been on the yeah. air? Oh, my gosh. Has it been six months? I know. Isn't it gross? It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. It is. Oh, you're so... Wow. So we've been doing, or we've been on the air talking to you guys for six months or whatever, however many episodes that we've, uh, that we put out. But if you look at our skill set from when we started the game and how much we know now, just based on, you know, flipping classes and trying different stuff and researching for the show. And we've learned a ton. And I think a lot of that is because of that, um, the variance that we've built into our play styles and things that we're willing to try. I have yeah. no problem leveling a character to 50 and then murdering him and starting a new character. Yeah, I don't. I mean, have if, a problem if you don't like that. it, then that yeah, absolutely. And see, now I'm the same. And by the way, folks, yes, we we'll get started here in a minute. But I mean, I'm of the opinion in the way that I play, I don't do one character that does everything. This new character is solely for questing and for the lore part of the game. Like I, I can't do this. Is not for an in-game tune. My in-game tune's my healer, my Templar, my Magic Templar healer, and so, like this is, I, I'm not that guy that does one tune for everything. I for PvP, PVE, all that. No way, no way. I've got PvP tunes. I have my in-game dungeon slash hopefully raid healer, and this guy's just all about cruising through Tamriel, enjoying the lore and all that, all that good stuff. But. Like, are, are you the same way? You know, my goal with this game is to have one PvP tune, one uh, PvE healer, which I, I already have, um, a PvE tank, and then a main PvE DPS character that is my main. The one that, when I log on, for the most part, I play that character. And then my crafter. Right. And I'm almost there. I just, I still am yet to find what I truly, truly love. And and right now, it, I'm going to have to find something that beats the Sork, and that's going to be pretty dang tough, because Cash the Lore Seeker is my Sork, and 
he is a fun, fun class to play. I mean, for sustainability and survivability, it's like there is... Now that Matriarch just heals so, so well, but now, you know, half of my defenses are going to be messed with a little bit here. So yeah. I don't know how that's going to shake down, and I don't know if I will enjoy that playstyle having that crutch, because it's going to be a big difference, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll talk about that. I agree, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, folks, welcome so much. Thank you so much for uh, coming back to us. This is episode 11 Volume 2 of the Lore Secret Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by my best good buddy from Mr. California himself, Cash. Mr. California? Oh, my gosh. So, I live in California. However, I am not California, and I will not go any further than that. (laughs) If I was where I was supposed to be, I would be living in a cabin in Montana away from all the people. With AOL dial-up. <laughs> Away from all the people. Not that I don't like people, because I love my people. Yeah. But California people can be different. Mm. That's well, all we'll say about that. can also be different. But that's for sure. Uh, a lot of rednecks around here. <laughs> it's not uncommon to see a, a, a four-door dually, like, F-350 slammed with rims. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's definitely a thing. But anyway, uh, so yeah, everybody, welcome back. Thanks so much again for hanging out with us. We greatly appreciate it. And you know, quick shout out to uh, all the people that uh, continue to listen and continue to support this show. We are growing leaps and bounds every week. The social media, a couple weeks ago, we hit over a thousand followers. We're so happy that, you know, that all of you continue to come back every week and continue to be passionate about what we're building and what we're doing here at Lore Seekers. And also, to all of you who are joining, continuously joining our community. It's, at this point, it's well over 500 people in our community. It continues to grow. It's a lot of fun meeting all of you. And so, uh, thank you so much, all of you. So, uh, you anyway. Know what I'm happy about? Can I tell hmm. you real quick what I'm happy about, what I'm seeing much more of? Yeah. I am seeing a lot more of uh, this community as a whole gelling. Yes. You know, in game and out of game, I've seen a lot of people offering to help others. Yes. I've seen um, a growing, it's just not only a growing community, but I've seen a growing interest in the community creating neat things. And I know we talked about it last week. Um, And we are, I think we're going to focus a little bit more on this coming up in the future. There are some amazing creations out there from players yeah and last week we touched on it with with the new podcasts that are coming out and this great new content and kind of the synergy that's that we're starting to see between um the eso podcast family yeah i think is really really neat like i want to buy you all beer and hang out with you. there is very much uh zoss if you're listening i'm telling you now (laughs) from being involved in it there is very much a surge happening in the podcast community all these new shows coming out and it's you know what's crazy four years dude after this game was dropped here we are yeah and i think i think it's a testament to zoss's plan and what they have what they have been able to accomplish with the 
the schedule that they have for releasing content and staying right. in touch with their community, like yep. hugely. They're doing very well. And I'm, I'm so, so proud to be part of this community just because of um, all those good things that I'm seeing. And then again, I'm sure it's not because people are listening to our cast, but at the end of the cast, I'm trying to hint a little bit about being kind to each other and just give each other a break a little bit, you know, and help each other out, offer to offer to lend a hand. And it seems like that's catching on. It's not because of me. Maybe it's just time of year. Maybe it is. Uh, yeah. You know, people feeling friendly and lovey. And, dude, I'll again, I'll just, you know, I, I don't see other shows as competition. That's not the way I look at it. I look at other podcasts as colleagues. If there's one thing they they do that you like, that's awesome. And the one thing we do you like, that's awesome. The point is is that people who are listening to our show and other ESO podcasts that you know we're making you aware of, and, and I know that, for instance, Tales of Tamriel, you guys have cross-promoted us. We greatly appreciate it. We've done the same for you. And that's what, at the end of the day, the more that... You know, six six months, seven months in at, that we've done this show, I find myself wanting to bring the community together in that in that aspect to show the power and the the uniqueness of good audio content for Elder Scrolls Online. I thought you were going to say the power and uniqueness of hips in hugs and hips in hugs. Okay, yep. Even if they're over Twitter, hips in hugs, you guys. That's that's where it's at. You don't have to hold it for long. <laughs> if it gets awkward, then you release. <laughs> then but you hips release. and hugs is where it's at. Hips and hugs. Yep. That's right. Yep. But no, at the end of the day, the ESL podcast fam, the ESO fam, these these are very real things that are happening, and it's growing, and it's very, very cool. It's very, very unique. Well, anyway, whew, good gracious. We got a lot to talk about. So last week on the show, if you were hanging out with us, well, we talked the Merck Meyer update preview we also talked the uh, ESO Plus changes, details in the Somerset event, and uh, Lord Less on the Black Marsh. But this week, good friends, this week, we are answering your fan mail, a lore lesson on, I forgot to write it, what, what's the lore lesson on? What is oh, it? Amulet of weird. Kings. Yes, we're doing lore lesson on the Amulet of Kings. It's kind of a shorter yeah. one, but it is an integral very, part of your good. story in ESO, yes. so you need to know it. That's right. And also, uh, we are talking the brand new... This is put this article out just less than 24 hours before we were doing this show. A preview of Merkmeyer, but with a focus on the, like the, the environment. So it's very unique. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And also, we're debuting a brand new segment within the news that we're calling Zone Chat. So... We put out a question to you on Twitter, and we field your answers, pick out some of the ones we really like, and we build that into the segment where we discuss a particular topic, and we bring in your opinions. So, all that and more here on the show. Are you ready? Always ready, buddy. Always ready. All right, fantastic. (laughs) So heavy. All right, well, uh, news here from the town crier. We've got preview, the mysteries and dangers of Merkmire. Now, this is coming to us from the official ESO website. And like I said earlier, this is... They're doing a lot of 
preview articles for Merkmire, and I like this because this one has a very much a different spin on it. This isn't looking at the expansion as a whole, you know, what's going to be added quality of life, none of that. This is about the environment. And so this says, quote, Over the centuries, many have attempted to invade the home of the Argonians, but they have always found themselves repelled, if not by the native peoples, than by the environment itself. In this new zone, you can explore this aspect of the region's history and see for yourself the fate of those who successfully made their way into the deep swamp. Now we have uh, ESO Zone Leads Ed Stark says, quote, The Argonians are the most unusual races we have in the game. The most unusual race we have in the game. Not just because they're lizard people, but because their culture and the way they look at things in the world is different goes on to say they are deeply in touch with the hiss and their environment, and they tend to be nomadic while also maintaining strong ties to their past. Up to this point in ESO, we've really only been able to present the Argonians as on the periphery of their civilization or within somebody else's. But in Merkmire, you'll finally get to see what they're like at home. End quote. Dude, I love that. Oh, I love it too. I think Ned Stark nailed it. Yep. I really yep. do. Agreed. We're so used to seeing them everywhere else. And I've never thought about this, but we're going home. We're going to their home. How did you let that joke get by you? What joke? Mr. Ed Stark, the ESO zone lead. I just called him Ned Stark, and you didn't even get it. Oh, I went over my head. I missed it. I was so in the zone. You did miss That's it. Well, yeah, literally, you're in the zone. I'm literally in the zone. I digress. I am very excited about it. I think his explanation of this solidifies our our lore lesson on both Merkmire and the Argonians. Yes. Um, or Black Marsh and the Argonians. And the reason being is because we they do have a rich history, but it's hard to find it just because of the Ar- how the Argonians feel about their own history. They are more involved and they have more of a tendency towards worrying about other people's and wanting to learn about other people's history. Yeah. That is such an amazing way to be. Right. And now we finally get to go to their home because we have not been able to do that in any game as of recently. Right. Right. So I'm excited about it because we know how ESO does things. You go mm-hmm. look at any other zone in this game and they are absolutely incredible. They're either beautiful or they're completely ravaged, and you get that feeling as soon as you get out of the Wayshriner step off the boat. You get the feeling. Yep. So that's what I'm really interested in exploring, is their home, their culture, and it looks like from the previews that we've gotten that they have truly nailed the culture. Now, I know there's a lot more to be learned about their connection to the history, and that is what that's where my interest lies here in the next few weeks. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, one of the things you said, and it's totally true. It, everywhere we've been, the Argonians feel like they've been an add on to that environment. Like it obviously wasn't their, their native area, you know? And so this time, I get to feel like the outsider in their world where everything is native to them what's normal to them 
is going to be totally weird to me because up to this point it's been completely opposite you know like how right. out of place is an argonian walking around in the imperial city full of uh, i about said romans four of imperials you know what i mean pretty out of place jibs <laughs> exactly so you know i'm so that's one thing i really look forward to is which is weird i guess to look forward to but I'm the one that's now out of place, and now I get to see what their life is about in their home. Yep. So we're all good. we're all going to need some galoshes. Yeah, yeah. I need a wetsuit. Uh, but anyway, so that's the backstory. But what about the swamp? Well, they go on to talk about here. It says it's just not its people, its culture and history that sets Merkmire apart. But the swamp itself stands out as a world both inhospitable and full of life. Ed continued here, he said, quote, When designing the new zone, one of the things we focused on was the idea of diversity and variance, even within a swamp. He goes on to say, And we went beyond what you would normally find in a dark, swampy area by adding many blues, greens, purples, and yellows, end quote. I totally agree with that, because we, what we've seen up to this point is it obviously feels like a swamp. But it's vibrant <laughs> with this color palette. Like, it's all very much in your face. The greens, the purples, the yellows, all of that. It's They've done a great job. But as far as what we've seen, I mean, we haven't played it yet. But what we've seen, they've done a great job bringing that swamp to life in the way that only ESO could. Right. They're going to make it dangerous. So it tells the story of Merkmire and the Black Marsh. But at the same time, it's not going to be a drab zone that you're going to be like, oh my God, I hate going down there. Because it's going to have the same vibrance and beauty that that it should have as a, as a lush, lush land. I mean, remember last week when we talked about the trade routes in Black Marsh and how even if they're cleared, before they're done being cleared, the grass is already growing back over what's been cleared. That is a lush fertile land so i i'm really looking forward to seeing the foliage down there and how how pretty it's gonna be like screenshot heaven yeah you could pretty much say that all about about all of eso <laughs> yeah. I, find, I find myself still taking screenshots all the oh, time heck yeah i got tons all the time but uh let's see well in mark meyer we will encounter giant alligators giant salamanders and a broad selection and we kind of mentioned this on last week's episode, a broad selection of new creatures, including the Voroplasm. Now, yep. I don't know. We posted this pic on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this, but this is very much like skeletons of Argonians covered in snot. <laughs> like, this is. It's green goo, it's gross. Dude, this is gross. This grosses me out. Look at this. Yeah, it's almost like a necromantic type of a slime. Yeah, it that, really is. That kills its prey and then, like, reanimates? Yeah. So kind like, of what it looks like. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because it's kind of what Stark was saying. He goes on to say, quote, Some of the most seemingly unnatural creatures we have in Merkmire are the Voroplasms. But when you think about the swamp and how it absorbs its invaders, you can see how the voroplasms might actually be an expression 
of that. So these mobs are very much an expression of Merkmire. And I, I, I agree 100%. Yeah, that's cool. This doesn't like look that. natural. <laughs> nope. Just, I mean, looking at the picture, it's like, man, if you had that coming at you. Don't let it touch you. Yeah, right? It's yeah, gross. Cool. It's gross. It looks good. I mean, they, they did a good job. I love it. Uh, let's see. What else? In regards to adventuring in Merkmire, not only will we exp- will we experience two new world bosses, two new delves, and a huge amount of standalone quests, but Zoss is trying to emphasize, quote, different elements of what Merkmire can be as an adventuring site, end quote. They want players to experience this history and culture of the native race. So I, I agree with that. Like, that's one thing that's very unique to this zone, to me, up to this point, is it, and we talked about it in previous episodes, was that Merkmire, with all these traps, like, I feel like I'm living out an Indiana Jones film, you know? And on top of that, we're learning about the Hist, which, dude... <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm excited about the entire storyline down there. I mean, f- at least for us with lore seekers, you know, you you're helping to find relics, and you're we're going to be learning about the hiss. So to me, what this means with the different elements of what Merkmark can be seen as an adventuring site, they want players to experience the history and culture of its native race, quote unquote. Take your time. Yes. Talk to the NPCs. Learn about the stuff. Because if you like lore, it's all going to be right there for you. And this is lore that's been unexplored before. So I can't wait to get down there. This is cool. Yeah, I agree. So what about the rewards? What do we get from all this? Well, when completing quests, dailies, all the good things, we'll earn up to three unique gear sets in addition to three more you can create for yourself at various crafting stations. They actually give us an example here. And this set is called Grave Stake Collector's Set. Now, I didn't know the term a resource set until I saw this. <laughs> that is uh, a very Argonian set. Yeah, everything's covered in spikes like teeth, uh, very leather feel to it. Um, it's got various uh, skin Argonian-like skin, so lizard skins, and it's got feathers tipped on it. I mean, this is very Argonian. But the thing that sticks out to me is these bonuses. So you get max magicka, max stamina, max health. So it's like everything rolled into one. And then at five pieces, enemies you've damaged have a 10% chance to drop a grave stake for six seconds after they've died. Touching the grave stake restores 6,500 stamina and magicka. Only one grave stake can appear at a time. I want to try this just to see what that's like, what that yeah, does that's for your actually, That's pretty sweet. And, and does it say only one at a time, but how many? I guess they don't stack. It but, doesn't um, say any. Uh, there's not a timer on it either. Yeah, there's not a timer on it. So that, um, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's almost like a totem. I think it drops a totem and you just run over and you can uh, you can gather get resources from it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool for yeah. sustain. I'd be interested to see what that looks like in trials. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially running around. When, uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, uh, all the uh, all the trash mobs. But anyway. So, yeah. Grave State Collector Set. There's also more collectibles we can earn in Merkmire, including... And I'm sure they'll reveal more. But right now, we've got the Argonian Calendar furnishing from the Merkmire Museum Quest. 
Uh, have you done any of those mu museum quests yet? Yeah, the, I've done the, uh, the ones Morrowind. in Rothgar, and I've done the ones in Morrowind. I've done the one, and I've I have done the ones in Somerset. I have yet to do. I've got to try those. I have yet to do them. I've got to do those. They're uh, pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of turning into a collector, man. Like the more we get into this game, the, the more you're like, ooh, I want that. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but uh, we've also got the Hodge Mota variant pet earned by simply entering the zone, so that's pretty nice. And then also a brand new dead water motif style. So and by the way, the dead water, I believe, is one of the tribes that we'll come in contact with. So their style of armor weapons all that good stuff but anyway you get that by completing numerous daily activities so yeah this is shaping up to look better and better every week that we talk about this yeah and i like the little tidbits that they're they're dropping out for us to uh, to get hyped for it they're, they're usually pretty good about that yeah yep agreed 100 percent. well that was the i guess another Merkmire preview which is kind of i don't think they've done two previews like this so I kind of hope there's more. That was fun. I know. The last few episodes, we've been very swampy. It's been very Merkmire. That's right. Very Swampfoot. Lots of that. Uh, but anyway, so now it's time for us to talk about our brand new segment. We've never done this before. This could be a total fail. We have no idea what's going to happen, but we're going to try it. So this is called Zone Chat, and we ask you a question on our Twitter feed over at Lore Seekers Cast, and then we discuss the topic with your replies live on the show. So, that being said, first question we had for you guys was, what are your thoughts on the current PTS changes to the Sorcerer? In other words, for those of you who don't know, they are adding a cast time to their shields. They used to be instant, and now the bound armor ability, quote, in they increase the bonus to block mitigation granted by this ability, and it's morphed to 36% from 20%. The Conjure Ward, this ability, and its morphs now have a one-second cast time. Previously, an instant cast. The duration of the damage shield for Conjured Ward and Hardened Ward morphed to 9 seconds from 6 seconds. So, cast time. Yeah. So, for the longest time on my Stork, these skills have been my oh crap button, right? Yeah. Along with my Matriarch, which I know a lot of people don't run the Matriarch, but she just heals so freaking powerfully. So, for the longest time, it'd just be damage, 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 bar swap, put on my, my shields, my bound armor. And mm -hmm. um, heal. And right. it's pretty dang powerful. I mean, even like right now I'm trying to get through Vet Maelstrom. Which makes me want to shoot myself in the face about three, <laughs> four times a day. But getting through that without or with a nerf to yeah. that cast time. Because the, the instant is awesome. And man, when you're moving and shaking... It really does make a difference. So I, I think it's something where you're just going to kind of have to get used to it because really it's all they're doing is adding the one second cast time, but they're making the skill better. 
So if you build yeah. that into your rotation, I have not tried this on the PTS. I'm not a PTS guy, so I normally just kind of wait and see what happens. But if you build that into your rotation and you just kind of adapt to that change, it's only a freaking second. That's the positive side of me thinking. But it could completely change a playstyle too. Yeah, and I, I'm i kind of the opposite camp. Like, I don't... I don't know how... Like, how are you going to be able to do Maelstrom effectively as a Sork when you've got a cast time now on your shield? We're already so squishy as it is. And I don't... I don't know, man. And you say, well, it's only a second. Yeah, but I tell you what. When you've played a Sork and you have your instant shields, you come to rely on those shields because we are so incredibly squishy. Yeah. So when you're running around in those traps in Maelstrom and soon to be Black Rose Prison in Merkmire, I mean, it's intense. And I don't know how well that's going to translate. See, the reason why I feel like they may try to move forward with this, not necessarily the one-second cast time, but some type of change is this. They've already done another update since this, and nothing's been reverted, nothing's been adjusted. I still think they're feeling out the community on it, but I don't know. Go ahead, I hear. There's it. a lot of folks out there that aren't that aren't too worried about this, really, because they think it's going to be retracted. Yeah, but the this is the type of change that gets implemented in a game. You know, four years in. Um. Because they're trying to keep a, a decent balance with everything. And for the longest time, the only thing you hear about in PvP is damn night blades and damn sorks. And it's normally not damn. It's yeah. normally another very fruitful word that may or may not start with an F. Yeah. Yep. But that's what you hear. Yeah. Because those classes, when played correctly and... I can't add myself to that playing correctly part because like I've already talked about when I play, when I I play uh, PVP, I'm more like Jojo, the circus clown. I just button mash everything. Uh, But there are some incredibly skilled players out there. And when played correctly, all classes can be very powerful, but specifically the Nightblade and the sorcerer can be incredibly difficult classes to bring down and to mitigate. Yeah. Um, So this is part of that class balance that they have to implement some changes a little bit here and a little bit there to try and keep everything as balanced as they possibly can, which is a feat in itself. Class balance is so difficult for developers. Right. Because it's like the things are West, constantly man. changing. People's skills are constantly changing. People are adapting to the game. People are getting better. The game changes. So this is part of that. So if they leave it in... I'm going to give it a valiant try and see. I'm not like super worried about it right now because I think my playstyle can probably be adapted. But if I'm not beating Maelstrom on Vet now, it's a skill issue. And I don't think that this will completely tank me. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of learning it and adapting to it. So if this yeah. helps with class balance, I'm fine with it. But you have to you have to love your class enough to stick with it and try it out and adapt to it. And I'm saying that, you know, on the heels of just talking about 
building a new class because right. I'm afraid of this. But it is what it is. You know, this is not going to stop me from playing the game, and it's not going to stop me from playing my sort. So, yeah. We asked you on Twitter, and uh, at Nick Furzen says, it is a big impact on DPS, that one second to cast. It's going to lower the DPS very much in the long run. And True. bought to, And not to mention that we would be dying like insects. <laughs> he says, uh, this is the big part of this. In dungeons or trials, especially veteran trials, it would be very a very big hit for the community. It would weaken the group. So he's saying, look, it's going to hurt your DPS because you're going to be casting this shield. You're not going to be able to put out as much, and your survivability is just going to drop. I can definitely see the drop in DPS because you're wasting time on a one-second cast. When you're going to be casting it, what, probably every 10 seconds or so? How long does it yep. work? Or how long does it last? Yeah. I don't even remember. Uh, 14 seconds. In, increase to 14 seconds from 9 and um, hardened ward from 9 to 6. So, yeah. it During that time when it was instant cast, you'd be starting to lob, you know, you're raining more lightning or more fire. But now you have to wait that one second. A guy like me... It's not going to make a giant difference for because, you know, I'm not, you know, parsing 30, 40 K DPS on, on some of these mobs anyway. So I'm just kind of doing my thing and having fun with it, but I can definitely see for top tier players, um, a nerf is always a nerf. And if you don't understand what a nerf is, a nerf is just when a character class or a class or a class's abilities or skills are lessened in their effectiveness in order to maintain class balance across the whole game. That's right. what a nerf really is. Um, at Ijani, fr- a friend of ours, she says, casual opinion. In PvE, I use Hardened Ward for oh crap moments, just like I talked about earlier. Uh, known mob mechanics and shortcuts through lava. One second cast timer, but duration increased to 14 seconds, question mark. Not a big deal. We'll just take a few plays to adjust. Should be or should a class be able to spam a shield in PvP? No, which is pretty much what's been happening. So yeah, and that's that that's be. kind of where it's. I think that's a lot of ways. That's where this nerf is starting, but this isn't where it's going to necessarily end at. It's starting in PvP, and that the they started tweaking the Sork what was it, a few patches ago when they started changing the rune prison around. Why'd they change rune prison change rune prison around? Well it wasn't necessarily for PvE. It was for PvP. Oh because yeah, people when you getting got, locked down. When you, it was full on locked down. And it wasn't something that you could just I mean it you were there, you were stuck there for a while, but on top of that it was very easy for it to be recast. And so it started there. Fast forward a couple weeks and now we're seeing it where it is progressing to the shields. So first it was the CC. Now they're readjusting the shields. I don't think they are done adjusting sorks. I really don't. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, let's see. At John Spartan J ninety one said, "I really wanted to start a sort character, but I'm not going to bother if these changes come to the live server." I agree with what he's saying in that. That new tune I rolled earlier I was talking about, you know the reason why he wasn't a Sork? Is because I firmly believe, even if these changes do not go through, 
which I highly doubt they will at one second. Can I see us going down like a half second? Yes. Can I see the healing getting adjusted on the pets? Absolutely. I could totally see them doing all that. I don't think the Sork has settled in the sand yet. Right. And they're still going to be tweaking things. I'm not comfortable. I'm not 100% comfortable putting the time in on a class that I feel like is currently in a adjustment period. That's a good point. I mean, these these changes are very like the, okay, look. Folks, Cash and I both we do PvE. Cash, you and I both we've done PvP. I am very much a PvP player. I am very much a PvE player, but I'm going to be very realistic with myself when I say ESO was not built with PvP first in mind. ESO was built with the PvE experience to give people the lore, to give people the experience of bringing them into Tamriel. And then they add then they add the PvP on top of that, which allows us to get in there and battle. And man, I love it. I'm a PvPer at heart. But I'm not going to be naive and think that PvP is above PvE in this game. But what's interesting to me, these changes are as a direct result from PvP. Oh, for sure. So when I, sure. when I look at this, I'm thinking, okay, so this is done with PvP in mind. This isn't, there's no reason for this to be adjusted pre, pre, for PvE. It, is, is there anything I'm missing there? Like, is there something in PvE that's not clicking with, a, with an instant shield? I mean, we need that. Um, I mean, you, you could have the same argument for both... Um, Endgame PvP and Endgame PvE, because there is, there is content out there, bro, that you and I have not been able to touch yet, right? Because we're just not there, right? And I'm talking about like you know vet hard mode trials and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we're just I haven't done a vet trial. So no, I, I haven't certainly either. haven't done a hard mode or right. a vet hard mode trial. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe these make a giant difference in in people's um ability to progress yeah in pve as well i i just i don't know because i don't have that experience yet we're kind of at an interesting crossroads here because we're at a place four years down the line and there's people that are listening to the show that have played this game far longer than i have and they've been a part of this community far longer than this show has okay so they've seen the life of a Sork from beginning to end. We're kind of at interesting crossroads four years down the road because we're now at a place where PvP was driving the change on a class. It's definitely going to affect it a lot in PvE. That being said, it almost makes me wonder where this goes because like John Spartan said, you know, he was very hesitant about making that Sork character. I'm the same way. And, uh, and I, again... I don't feel like this class is done being tweaked, but it also brings out the point of if we're going to start making these kind of adjustments, is it notable? Is it worthy to start thinking of, hey, maybe we should start looking at adding systems into PvP that shift characters, the shift classes that don't affect PvE? Is that a stretch? Is that too much to ask, or is it too much to even think about? I'm not saying we do that, 
I'm just saying we're at this really interesting point where the last two large changes to the Sork were PvP-driven, and it's going to affect PvE. Right. I, I feel bad for... For Zoss, because I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying right. to they're trying to get these classes balanced out, right? And there's, I mean, that's a big reason that I've played the Sork so long is because, I mean, Cash Lore Seeker is really freaking powerful. I mean, for for my uh, level yeah, and style is. of I can play, attest to that being in dungeons with you. <laughs> it, I mean, man, and how much fun is that? Just to rain fire and lightning on everything and watch it freaking melt and then my health is way up and when the group is i mean how many dungeons have we run with like we don't even need a healer as i have my matriarch so i'm out there in the front like tanking melting everything and then if somebody's if we say if we're doing a carry for some lower level players and they are they're starting to melt one hit of my matriarch i should stop talking about the matriarch before my poor girl gets nerfed but <laughs> She's so powerful. <laughs> okay, so let me let me pause you there. With everything you just said, and I can attest, your Sork is ridiculously powerful. You are 100% correct. Should it be that way? Should probably that class not. play that way? I'm, I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Not that I want my gameplay to change, but can, probably not. <laughs> I can feel you cringe as you say it. I'm t- my arms are crossed across my chest right now, and I'm like <laughs> I'm almost going to start rocking back and forth because Cash the Lore Seeker yeah. is going to he's going to get nerfed. He's going to be out of work. He's going to be standing with a freaking sign like at the <laughs> at the front gates of Stormhaven, just going. Will will work for Magica. <laughs> <laughs> we'll I've work been, for rotten <laughs> i know i was a victim of the latest nerf <laughs> do you have any side projects that, do you have any gardening projects that need to get done at your house because look a brother needs to eat <laughs> yeah no it's there the, i i zoss is in a hard spot but at the end of the day whatever they choose to do i'll be honest i want them to stick to their guns on it yeah, me too. Because this this is very yeah. much look class balancing is very. When I said like the Wild West earlier, it really is. Like there is no, it's almost like anything goes, and you don't know what really works until you, until you try it. In life, you'll never know what doesn't work until you try it, and that's the same way with these classes. And look, I'm I am very much a sork at heart in a lot of ways. I really am. It kind of transitions from my Inquisitor from Swotor over to over to ESO with the Sorcerer, and so I love that you know shooting the lightning, etc. All the all those things. Should the class realistically be able to do all those things that you mentioned? No, it probably shouldn't. Now, before you send in the hate mail, look, this is coming from a guy who loves Sorks. Cash loves Sorks. We both oh, do. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. at the end of the day, like I said earlier. Whatever they choose to do, stick to it. Because this could be a really interesting point for the future of ESO as far as how the classes look. Because, you know, if big changes like this go into effect, dude, that's going to change the landscape in a lot of ways. Just think about that. If they change the shields, they've done the rune prison, and then if they nerf the healing, whoo! Yeah, I will say, look, Cinderella, you don't know what you got. Until it's gone. Yep. Don't know what it is. I did so wrong. Just there you saying. go. The old school people will get that. 
But yeah, you ain't going to know what you got until it's gone. So, and will I get used to it? Will I continue to play my Sork? Yes, because they're not going to nerf the Sork to the point that it's unplayable. It's just going to be different. I agree with you in that they do need to stick to their guns on class on class balance. It's it's huge. Even if it means that my character gets, you know, a kick in the nuts. It is what it is. You have to keep the game playable for everybody, especially new players. You know, you want to keep yeah. people coming into PvP, you want to keep people trying, you know, all these different things that they can and can really get hooked on this game like you like they could. Yeah. Then you have to keep class is balanced because what's going to happen if the sort continues to be super powerful is you're going to have nothing but sorks in a freaking battleground yeah and you i've already seen tons of freaking sorks in a battleground because the word gets out real quick we are gamers we talk it's like telephone tell a gamer your telephone tell a friend tell a gamer we're going to tell everybody what the best classes are because they're all watching all casts they're all watching dots they're all watching kedwit so it's know. one of those things too where it's like any new player that comes in the game and especially with this whole summerfall thing they've done they've masterfully done a way they've done an event where it's total game promotion in that get come by the game and play it they've done a f- amazing job weaving that into this event so it's oh. not just about getting you know the 100 percent. it's also about selling somerset at now like 40 50 percent off whatever so that being said, it, it's going to be a place where these new players come in, and if these changes go into effect, and then a new player comes in, it's not going to be any different than what it was like in World of Warcraft when we'd play, and you know that game's been around for what ten years, well over ten years now, and you're doing the, one of those moments where you're talking to people in your guild, they've just joined, and they're like, "Hey, man, you think that's fun? You should remember when the Sork had instant shields. Remember when?" room prison you can lock people down i mean that's what we're experiencing right now right we're not ex- we're not experiencing the downfall of an mmo we're experiencing some very cool things that in the future we'll look back on and just be like remember when that's yeah. what this and is i think uh i think to close it out because we've absolutely shot this horse in the face about 50 times um to close it out just understand that class balance is an ongoing process and it, it doesn't end. It never ends because the game will constantly change. And that's the beauty of an MMO with a constant stream of updates to it is that things will always be fluid and um, they'll have to make variations and changes to to the classes to keep everything balanced and fair for everybody. So as much as it sucks to see a class that you love change, these changes are not massive changes so it'll change things a little bit you'll still have your survivability you'll still have your power it just might be take a little bit longer to get them but they're going to last a little bit longer too so they're taking a little bit from the front end and adding to the back end so although we talk about it i think we're just talking about you know class balances in general as opposed to you know throwing a tantrum about what they're doing to jibs and eyes one of our favorite classes so it's i'm not worried about it still gonna play them yeah Absolutely. Well, we want to hear from you. What do you all think about these changes and the PTS changes? Aside from the fact that these all not these these may not go through, which is more likely the case, 
we still really could say that there's more that's going to be done to the Sork. We want to hear from you. What do you guys think? Call us. 765. Write down the number right now. If you're working, just take a pen real quick. Write this down. Call on your lunch break. 765 765-382-6961. 765-382-6961. Call us. Leave us your voicemail. We'll play them live on the show during our mailbag segment. Uh, you can also email us. Loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. So we hope you enjoyed it. First zone chat. But Dude. I like that segment. That was fun. I enjoyed it. That was fun. We did. We got to do that one a little bit more often. Hopefully we, the people's like it, too. Yeah, it depends on you guys. If you like it, we'll do it more. We hope you did. Yeah, they're the ones that matter. But, yeah, no, no kidding. But it's that time for my favorite spell of all spells, the glorious of glory. You going to summon that lore right. book? Close your eyes. It's going to be really bright this time. No, we don't close eyes. I'm alone with you in the woods. I'm not closing my eyes. Fine. I'll burn your retinas. <laughs> Are you, you're worried about the hips and hug, aren't you? A little bit. A little concerned. All right. Here we go. All right. We are almost to 30 lore lessons. Did you know that? No way. Yeah, you might. I actually have it as lore lesson 28 in the show notes, but it's lore lesson 29. So there's wow. that happening. Yes, we are going to talk about something that we probably should have talked about a long stinking time ago, Mr. Jibs. Yeah. The Amulet of Kings. It's kind of an important trinket. It's kind of surprising it took us this long. So what? We've had a lot of other stuff to talk about. It's true. It's been a while. So, yeah. Unfortunately, it is a little bit shorter than our other lore lessons, but um, your ears are probably bleeding from us talking about class changes. We're really sorry about that. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) <laughs> so let's talk about the Amulet of Kings. This is an amulet. If you've played the games, I'm sure that you have heard about it because it's kind of a big deal. Traditionally worn by the ruling emperor of Cyrodiil, <laughs> the Amulet of Kings served as a symbol of their divine right to rule. Um, okay. The Amulet of Kings is a legendary trinket, and it really needs your understanding to build a foundation of its importance in the game, in the series. And I, I actually learned quite a bit when I was researching it. Let's talk about this. The Amulet of Kings is a pendant housing the red diamond. This is also known as the Kim El Adabal. Don't worry, I'll explain So this is a huge alien soul gem that was held in place by a gold clasp and the pendant pendant itself that housed the gem was surrounded by eight smaller gems representing the eight divines. The eight divines, of course, the original Cyrodiilic pantheon were created by Queen Alessia. So there was Mm -hmm. eight gems adorning the edges of this pendant which housed the red diamond and the eight divines were symbolic to the, uh, or the eight gems were symbolic to the eight divines. Right. Fun fact. It is said that the soul of each reigning emperor was enshrined within the red diamond itself through a coronation ritual involving the dragon fires and the divine covenant. This was done to form one soul from all of the rulers of Cyrodiil 
to provide counsel to each new emperor. The Amulet of Kings could only be adorned by those of dragon's blood. So, to explain that, we're going to talk about the history of the Amulet of Kings. Mm-hmm. It is said, there's actually a, two, a couple of theories here on how the Amulet of Kings, the Red Diamond, known as the Kim El Adabal, came to be. So the first is, the Kim El Adabal became, or became to be when Lorcan was slain. Remember, we talked about this when we talked about the heart of Lorcan. So Lorcan was slain, and his heart was cast across Tamriel, right? Remember that? Mm-hmm. So when his heart was cast across Tamriel, it is said in legend that as the heart flew across the landscape, a single drop of its blood fell and landed on a red crystal formation in an alien well beneath the surface of Tamriel. So the drop of the heart's flying across, drop of blood falls, lands perfect shot, right in an alien well, nothing but net, right on top of a red crystal formation. <laughs> so this single drop of blood was infused with such powerful magicka that it fused to and empowered this crystal. The Aliads, Daedra worshippers, found the crystal, polished it, cut it, crafted it into the shape of a diamond. It was at that moment that it was given the name the Kim El Adabal. Pretty interesting, right? Very. Fun fact. An additional theory suggests that the red crystal was actually adorned with Akatosh's blood himself, drawn from his own heart, not that of Lorcan. It was theorized that when he used the gem to bless St. Alessia with dragon's blood on her deathbed, it created the covenant that stated as long as her bloodline remained pure, the dragon fires would burn, and Akatosh would seal the veils between Oblivion and the mortal plane, keeping Tamriel safe from the Daedra. That's theory number two, mm-hmm. that it was not Lorcan's blood at all from his ripped-out heart. It was the actual blood from Akatosh. Right. Yes. So the gem was fashioned into an amulet and given to St. Alessia on her deathbed. After her death, the amulet absorbed Alessia's soul and began to be passed down to every subsequent ruler of Cyrodiil. After the Alessian Empire fell late in the First Era, the amulet was actually lost. This is a total freaking trippy part right here. I was like, what? But yeah, apparently this happened. Strangely enough, strangely enough, the amulet was rediscovered when Remen Cyrodiil was born with the amulet on his forehead atop the hill at Sancrator. What? How in the hell does that happen? <laughs> but after that happened, the amulet of kings then regained its prominence and, beca- and became a part of the Dragonfire's ritual, which took place at the coronation of every new emperor. Let's talk about that ritual. As an essential part of the coronation of a new emperor, this ritual was performed, the Dragonfire's ritual, where the new ruler's soul was linked to the Amulet of Kings. The new ruler would travel to the Temple of the One to light the enchanted Dragonfires, 
which would burn until his death. Man, this is bringing back all kinds of oblivion feels right now. Yes, oblivion feels. And also, like we're going to talk about here in a second, but the dragon fires and Mm -hmm. how in second era in the ESO timeline, how somebody wanted them lit so, so bad that he was willing to do a whole bunch of catty ass crap to get it done. Yep. Right. Okay. Fun fact. Each gem in the golden part of the amulet of the Amulet of Kings represents one god of the eight divines. However, my friends, in the Elder Scrolls Online, there are only two white gems adorning the top and the bottom of the amulet, and the other gems representing the eight divines are missing. What? I could not find any information on why the heck that is the deal. But every picture, if you look at screenshots of the Amulet of Kings, I mean, if somebody knows, you know who will know? I'll bet you. Well, we know the lore master probably knows. <laughs> hey, uh, Lawrence, <laughs> I'll bet you Amor- I'll let me bet call you, him up real quick. I'll bet you Amorethius knows. Uh, if he doesn't, I will be surprised. I'll be surprised too because that guy's brain is bigger than you and I combined. So there's By the that. way, his podcast... Yeah, it's awesome. Written in yeah. uncertainty, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, if you know, let us know. Anyway, okay. So let's talk a little about the the interregnum. This is more in the timeline of Elder Scrolls Online, where we are playing. As we know, or maybe you don't know if you haven't played through your main quest line, during the Second Era, the five companions set out on a quest to rediscover and reclaim the Amulet of Kings. Was once again lost. In summation of the events, and without spoiling it for you and making everybody super mad at Cash, the leader of the five companions, Varen uh, Aquilarios, is tricked by Manamarco, the King of Worms, into believing that the Amulet of Kings could be used in a ritual to rekindle the dragon fires. He did this in hopes of making himself a true dragonborn and legitimizing his claim, Varen Aquilarios, legitimizing his claim to the Ruby Throne. So after a long search, the Amulet of Kings is recovered. There's so much story in this, so I'm really not spoiling much for you guys. But after a long search, the Amulet of Kings is recovered by the by the um, five companions. And when the dragon fires, when the process of being lit, Manamarco reveals that he's a true douchebag and he's his treachery reveals his treachery to everybody and he immobilizes the companions, uses his power within the amulet and the dragon fires to tear a hole between oblivion and Mundus. This was known as the soul burst. Tearing this hole between oblivion and Mundus allows Molag Balbag and his Daedra to invade Tamriel. That is the basis of elder scrolls online. That's why you play. This is why we fight. This is why we fight, yeah. So, so there's that. <laughs> I am not going to reveal the rest of the story. That is the basis for the story. The rest of that is to experience for yourself and reveal what happens with the Amulet of Kings, what happens with you after the soul burst, and all that happy stuff. Yep. That's such a cool, like when you, okay, I'll be honest. After hearing this lore lesson, the way that you present it, by the way, Great A, fantastic! I love it. Thank per you. Use. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank it's you. One dollar. 
it makes me appreciate the main story more. Yes. Like when it, when it's given to me in this manner, now I can be like, okay, now I get why the soul burst was such a big deal. I mean, right. we it was already told to us, but with this pre, you know, this whole like pretty much prologue, it really kind of set it up for me. So that was really cool. Yeah, and that is why I have continued to put in time into this lore. Not just yeah. this lore, but all the lore. Because it makes you understand the game. I mean, somebody will say something in the game as I'm running by, and I'll be like, I know where that's from. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I can honestly say, and this is you know taking Cash outside of his body for a second, I can honestly say that I know I have learned as much about Elder Scrolls, almost as much as I know like about Star Wars. Wow, that's a pretty big statement. And that is saying a lot. Yeah, that's saying saying a lot because I have really researched Star Wars and all that stuff. But this is it's a testament to the Elder Scrolls and the writers and the games and uh, the thing that they have created has hooked me into reading these stories. And the stories are endless. You want to talk about a rabbit hole? Go to any of the main sources of information for Elder Scroll. And there's link upon link upon link in any one of the stories that you read. And that's one thing I appreciate about, I will forever appreciate about Elder Scrolls. It is, there is, it doesn't, if you go to any other MMO, if you go to any movie franchise, let's let's use Star Wars as an example. There's canon and uncanon, you know, legends, whatever they call it now. There's, it's, it's very A or B. But with Elder Scrolls, it's, there's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. I mean, it just, it goes on because the way that lore is done in Elder Scrolls is based on the opinion of which it's told, which also frees them up to forever expand upon the lore. There's not just, it, yeah. it's not just white, black and white. You know what I mean? It's, it's so incredibly, like this lore is so incredibly colorful, if you will. That, that there's just so many different angles, so many different views, and there's not just a set way of saying, oh, that's canon, that's not. Right, and that's that's what makes it so interesting when you go, go in the world and you find these lore books. Because these lore books are written by different people with different worldly experiences. They're a different race. Yes. Um, they have different biases. Different so, tone. Yeah, totally different tone. Like, you could remember how much we absolutely crushed the Maurmer? Yeah, the sea elves and like oh, yeah. we crushed them. And then I read a lore book that was like, oh, maybe they're not so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of see their they're plight. just mad. Oh, kind of sucks. <laughs> I know they're just really upset. Maybe they have a point. S- right. right, but you know, and I, I actually ha- remember having that moment where I read a lore book in the game from some random sea uh, sea elf, and I was like, God, their plight kind of does suck. No wonder yeah. they're so mad it's like one of those youtube videos where you see like top 10 villain movie villains that the plots were justified <laughs> like their reasons for being evil were justified i kind of get that from the mayor <laughs> yeah yeah so that's what's so good about this lore and um i know this was a shorter lore lesson but there really is not that much more stuff about the amulet of kings but it is such a pinnacle Absolutely. In the story that is being told in the game that we're playing, you got to understand it. And I, I even had like the light bulb go over my head. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, I've seen this same thing in 
every single Elder Scrolls game I've ever played, including this one, and it just means more now to the point I want to play through the beginning story again. Yeah. Yeah, I so, do too. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it, it, I mean, the Amulet of Kings, like this is, this goes back a few games. And so it's really, really cool when we talk about this because I, I am, this makes me want to go buy Oblivion and play it. Just <laughs> hearing all about the Amulet Dude, of Kings, let's like do it right now. Stop. I can't. No, stop. Don't. Oh, gosh. No. <laughs> I'll no. do it. I know I'll do it. I know. It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, so well done, my friend. Well Fuck done. Yeah. Well Thanks done. So. And hey, right on freaking time. Jesus, man. Freaking wear a bell around your neck or something. Just walk right up on us. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. All right. Well, it's that time, that wonderful part of the episode where you write to us, you call us, and we put it on the show. So we've got some mail here. This is the old mailbag segment. And this first one... I'm pretty confident it was written in character, and it was I was given the character's name. I'm going to butcher this, but when you write this to me, you should know that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, this is pretty dang good. Okay, so this is from. Uh, Do you want Ryan me to Gino? read it? Yeah, please. Yes, let's just save their ears. <laughs> let's save their ears. <laughs> this is from Rigidar. <laughs> Greetings, friends. This one wishes to thank you for yet another fantastic episode. I have become enthralled by your passion for the game, and it makes me feel a sense of pride, knowing that this one is part of such a fantastic community. He means the lore seekers. I oh. wish you well from the Xbox side of Tamriel. I also have a question for the both of you. If you each had to pick an NPC that you have interacted with throughout Tamriel to be your only companion... If it was an option, who would you choose? This one is quite curious. Quite impressed that you did not mix up or mess up any of that. Well done. Okay. Totally rehearsed. To- did you really? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, companion. Um, if I had to pick a companion to go with me everywhere. Oh. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know that I could ever choose that because with every character, I kind of feel like I have this vibe of what, about what they're about. You know, like not full on RP necessarily, as much as like the way I dress them is what they're about. Their attitude, their the way they look at Tamriel. So, I, if I just had to pick one, generally, me gravitating towards being bad in games, as you know. I think I would probably pick probably the speaker from the Dark Brotherhood. Damn. <laughs> That's sinister, dude. Yeah, I think I would. That I, I think would you should go right to confession. I think you should go to confession just based on that statement. <laughs> they won't let me in the door. <laughs> Dang. Well, mine's not going to be any better. Okay, well, who's, your, who's yours? I actually have two. Don't make me pick one. No, Re- I had to pick one. You pick one. Rigidar, one. do not make one. me pick just one. One. Come on. Who knows? Okay, and then can I tell you my honorable mention? Okay, fine. Okay. This is so bad. It's so bad. I want Naryu. Okay. Because she's super hot and I'm a dirty old man. <laughs> 
And I don't, I'm sorry, not sorry. I'm fine. I don't care. Dude, she's wearing tight leathers. Oh, my God. And she's sneaky. She's always, like, crouched over, doing her thing, you know, sneaky, oh. sneaky. Yeah. Nor yeah. are you. Okay. You want, right. Okay, here's my honorable, honorable mention. It's a little less creepy. Okay. All right. Okay. That freaking Argonian from Mazatune. Argonian from Mazatune. Oh my bro, have you not heard the freaking Argonian in Mazatune? Is that the he, one that does dialogue throughout the whole dungeon? Yes, he's hilarious <laughs> and always talks about like I'm going to be right behind you. Yeah. Oh, look, you've already killed everything. Yeah. That dude. Right oh. on my hip all the time. He would be epic. He needs to be like a talking head that you just have dangling like yes. God of War style. Oh my God. If I could get him in one of the music boxes, yes. His oh voice my in my house. <laughs> so there's that. I want to hear your voice on command. That's my number two. <laughs> okay. Well done. Uh, next one here is from Jess. She says, just found you guys. I don't know. I know you get it all the time. She said, loving it. You have brought me back to ESO and helped me clarify some questions I had. I do, however, have more. So, you said your account accrues rested XP for champion points based on the age of the account. Does this kick in before you have a level 50? Let me put it this way. I was in the beta for this game but took a long break till recently was my account gathering during this time. Cash. Yeah. Answer. So, uh, I don't want to bum her out. Thanks, Jess. This is a good email. Really appreciate the fact that you've listened to us and we brought you back to ESO. But, no. Um, you cannot get... Enlightened, you cannot be enlightened. It's basically called enlightenment. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of explain the way it works here. Um, only level 50 characters can be enlightened, and the enlightenment pool is shared across all of your level 50 characters on your account. So, unfortunately, enlightenment does not start until you reach level 50. Now, what is enlightenment? When you're enlightened, experience gain is multiplied by four. So basically what this does is it reduces the required experience points for one champion point to like a quarter of its original value. So where it would take you 400,000 experience points to get one champion point, when you're enlightened, it only takes you 100,000 experience points to get enlightened. And the way this accumulates is once per day, you receive 400,000 experience points of enlightenment, which is basically one champion point. Um, now wait a minute, that's four champion points. No, that's one champion point. Wait a minute. So after your enlightenment is used up, you'll return to requiring the standard amount of XP to earn a champion point. So yeah, 400,000 XP is one champion point. Um, enlightenment accumulates in a pool with a cap of 4,800,000 XP after 12 days. So after 12 days, you cap. But that's still a lot of XP. So as much as I don't want to be not playing for a whole week in the month of October, I'm going to be on a trip. So I will have accumulated at least seven days of XP, which is quite a bit. Um, enlightenment XP. 
Each single experience point earned through the normal gameplay expends four of the stored points in the Enlightenment pool. So killing an enemy usually worth 76 XP will give you a total of 304 XP, while completing a standard level 50 quest will reward you with almost 30,000 XP instead of like 7,500 XP. So hopefully that made sense on how the Enlightenment system works. But to answer your original question, again, no, it does not accumulate on a character less than level 50. I'm actually really glad you explained that because there's a lot of people I know out there that just see that as, oh, cool, it's boosted XP, and they don't understand the, the information behind it. So Yeah, it's a good reminder for all of us. Good question. And uh, last one here, Cash, this is actually not a question. I wanted to surprise you with this because you know how we sometimes we get these comments from, from listeners and fans that just kind of warms your heart? Well, yep. this one's for you, buddy. All right, let's take a listen. Uh, what's up, Lore Seekers? Uh, Retro Rents Al from Twitter here. Um, I just started listening to you guys about, I don't know, Maybe three months ago, and I just got to say, you guys do a freaking incredible podcast. I'm already planning on jumping up on iTunes and getting you guys a review, but, you know, I was kind of like, eh, on Elder Scrolls Online, you know, obviously when it first came out, and I poked my head in a couple times over like, the past few years, but it wasn't until probably pretty recently uh, when I started listening to your podcast, I was like, damn, there is some really, like, really good lore that I'm, I'm just missed out on. And I think that was my problem when I first played it. And I was too concentrated on, you know, let's rush and get levels and do this instead of sitting back and enjoying the ride. And uh, once I started doing that and getting into the books and the story and the, the just mountain of lore that they've provided for players, it's made this a one-of-a-kind experience. And that's all to your credit. And I just wanted to call and say thank you guys for that because you've turned this into something that I was lukewarm on to now pretty much obsessed with. So uh, thank you guys. Keep doing what you do. I really enjoy it. And, um, yeah, have a good one. See ya. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Retro, for the uh, voicemail. Cash, my friend. Rhett, I'm just going to say this. You, my friend, and all of you who continue to pour out your your support, your love, and your passion for this show, will never know. You will never know truly what that does for... I'm not going to speak for Cash. I know he's going to talk, but I'm just going to say you'll never know what that does for Cash and I. You will never know how much that means and what that does for us. So... Thank you, my friend. I want to hug him. Oh my gosh, he's crying. I just want to hug him. I want to hips and hug him. Hips and hug him. <laughs> <laughs> that was really freaking cool. And that uh, um, that type of voicemail message to us makes my heartstrings or hits my heartstrings for sure. Um, because we do put in a lot of work into into our show, and we're. We're proud of it, but we, we don't do it as a chore. We do it because we love what we're doing. Yeah. And we enjoy, just, just like you are and, and you're discovering, we enjoy the story that's been laid out before us. Yeah. And every single week when we put together a show or a lore lesson, 
which takes research and rewording and, you know, it rekindles what we're doing. And it's like a new discovery every single week when we get to present this stuff yeah. to you guys. Yeah. So thank you so much for saying that. It, it really, like I've said before, it really does refuel our fire and keeps us moving in the right direction. But the game does. It, it just, it does that to you. It hooks you and every every turn is a rabbit hole with this information. Yeah. yeah. If you have problems with squirrels when you're questing, well, in this yeah. MMO, you're going to find a lot of those. <laughs> Thank you for that voicemail. Yeah. So freaking cool. Agreed. 100%. Well, everyone... We're going to end this on a warm note. We thank you all so much for hanging out with us here at the Lore Seekers Podcast. We hope you enjoyed your stay, enjoyed your enjoyed the time here. If this is your first time joining us, well, thank you. Go back and listen to all the episodes. Volume 1, we did an eight-and-a-half-hour-long lore lesson compilation episode. It's there. All of it's there. Check it out. Listen to it. We know you'll love it. And if you enjoyed this show, we know a lot of you listen on various outlets, various platforms, and that's totally cool. But if you're listening on iTunes, we'd appreciate your review. We really would. For every five-star review, we give you a shout-out and show you some love on the show. And uh, speaking of, we got a couple here. First one from Sparrow Seeks. Actually from Canada. Uh, this is one... Take off, a- eh? <laughs> love our Canadian folks. We have a lot I of do. them. Yeah, I do. Shout out to Spin from Lore Seeker Community. Yep, good people. That's right. It says, this is one of the best in any podcast. Podcast. Wow. Podcast genre. Way to bring it back down, Jibs. Way to bring it back down. Jeez. Great. <laughs> Great audio quality. Excellent information. The hosts have a perfect chemistry that makes me look forward to a new episode every week. If you're an Elder Scrolls online player, a fan of high-quality podcasting, or both, take the time to subscribe to this one. Also safe to listen to around the little guys. One of the few podcasts that I leave on when my three kids are in the car with me. Your friend, Sparrow. Man, gosh. Yep. Thank you. Yep. (sighs) It's a good thing that you have good editing skills and you're able to take out all them bad words that fly out of my mouth most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I just... I. I, you'll, you guys will never know. You'll never know. Thank you. Thank you so much. How many bad words Cash says uh, at the, the beginning yeah, okay. of the show, <laughs> right before we hit the record button at the very end of the show. I just got to get it all out. Just kidding. Out. Kids, if you're listening, a good mouth is a clean mouth. And that means two things. Don't say cuss words and brush your teeth. That's right. There you go. Sparrow, yep. thank you for the review. That was awesome. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, and last one, actually, Retro, he's back again with his review. Yay! It's retro, retro buddy. says, uh, throughout the, fe- the past few years, I've dipped a foot into the ESO pool, but never really went for a good swim. I like that. Nice. I started listening yeah. to Lore Seekers about three months ago and realized why I hadn't been enjoying ESO as much as I could be. I was too concerned with builds, leveling, etc. Rather than sitting back and enjoying the freaking mountain of lore that Zenimax has given to the players to immerse themselves in. After listening to Lore Seekers, I immediately created a character and started fresh, taking time to try and catch the many things they've mentioned on numerous episodes and immerse myself in a living world of Tamriel. The hosts are incredibly knowledgeable, passionate, and enjoy every minute of what they do, and it comes through on every single episode. They turned a game that I was meh on and turned it into a freaking obsession. 
Well done, guys. Really, really well done. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Success, dude. Uh, that's awesome. I know. Because so like most. Yeah. Thank you, man. That is so awesome. You, when you, you think of a lot of the people that um, that write into us or call into us and they were either on the fence about it um, or didn't have time for it or whatever. But this gentleman flat out says he was meh about the game. And the story is what just grabbed him and pulled him in. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. It's like peeling back the layers of this. I don't want to say an onion because that sounds terrible. I don't know. You're peeling back the layers on a piece of candy. And now it's super sweet. Oh my gosh. I'm amazing. couldn't think of anything in time so i went with a piece of candy and a wrapper well done what a what a dork (laughs) Uh, but it's so true though uh for those of us who are dads if you watch shrek yeah it's totally a valid analogy this game's like onions it's got a lot of layers yeah and jibs is like donkey donkey in the morning we're making waffles all right (laughs) Anyway, thank you all so much for the reviews. Thank you so much for the emails. Thank you so much for listening to us. Again, if you enjoyed this show, leave your review. You can always call us, 765-382-6961. You can email us, loresecretspodcast at gmail.com, or you can just go to the main website, the main page, loresecretspodcast.com, and at the bottom, fill out the form, and uh, that goes right to our inbox all hours of the night. Some of you all are emailing us at 2 or 3 in the morning. What are you doing up? What are you doing up? They live in different time zones. It's true. A lot of them are Russian, believe it or not. (laughs) Uh, You can also uh, join our official Lore Seekers Guild. Cash has got all the details. Absolutely. Come to our website at loreseekerspodcast.com. Our page is forward slash guild. You'll have to have just... Sorry. Torch bug stuck in my throat. Uh, you'll have to download Discord, join our Discord server, and then go to the Apply to Guild channel and type forward slash apply. Pretty easy process. If you have any problems, you can always just PM Jibs or I, and we'll get yep. you taken care of. Also, if you like children and taking care of sick children, this is me guilting all of you into joining our Extra Life team. <laughs> It is really a beautiful thing. What is Extra Life? Extra Life is a gaming charity that benefits the Children's Miracle Network, which is a boatload of children's hospitals across the U.S. and Canada. 100% of the funds that you, we, raise goes to assisting these kids with the things that they need and helping their families pay for care that they cannot afford for their children. Yes. I am going to talk about this ad nauseum as we come up to this event and even beyond because it's super near and dear to my heart. Um, Extra Life is an outstanding charity that I would love for you all to be introduced to or to continue doing if you've done it before. So go to extra-life.org. Up in the corner, there's going to be a search, bo- a search box. Search the Lore Seekers Guild. You will find the Lore Seekers Guild. And you can join us. Just register. You can play with us. We're going to be doing an event on November the 3rd where Jibs and I and some other streamers that we're going to pull together are going to be streaming for 24 hours straight. Yeah. 
be poking each other in the eyeballs with sticks <laughs> um, to raise money for these kids. That's right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about it coming up yep. much, much, much more. Yeah, we've got a lot of cool things playing work. We will reveal that at a later time. Uh, you can also listen to the show wherever podcasts are found, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. If you're like me, use the Podcast Addict app. There's all kinds of wonderful ways to listen to shows. That's where you can find us. Anywhere it's free, we're there. You can follow us on Twitter at JibsIRL from myself, Cash at Seeker Cash with a K, and most importantly, the podcast, which so many of you are doing. It's nuts, at Seekers Cast. And uh, you know what? That's it. We hope you have a great week in gaming. Stay awesome and game on. See you next I week. I have to apologize real quick, though. Last week, there was not a storyline episode. It was done. But Cash had a major fart in his brain. And I messed up sending Jibs the, uh, the correct file. And then I had to go to work for a span and was unable to get you that storyline. So you are going to hear that storyline right now. Dilly dilly. Be good to each other. Middos, 17th of last seed, second era, year 584. The trek south through Malabal Tor went much smoother than we thought. The sun was hot, but we stayed under the canopy during most of the journey. Having Wolven as a guide made all the difference. Minus a few skirmishes with a werewolf or two, it was rather uneventful. The combat, though, was welcome to Jibs and I. We felt as if we were getting back into the groove of actually being able to defend ourselves. The helplessness we felt under control of the Sea Vipers really took a bite out of our mental fortitude. We needed a good victory. And in the forest of Malabal Tor, on our way to Greenshade, we got plenty of them. We fought. We hunted. We ate well. With the companionship of our new friend, Wolven, we felt ourselves again. We moved at his pace. It only took about a day or two to get our stamina back and to acclimate to the speed of the Red Guard Warden, who had learned to adapt to the quickness of the Bosmer some time ago. He moved like a silent assassin through the wooded canopy and wherever he stepped, we followed a short distance behind. We kept off the roads and stuck to the game trails. It was astounding how many hidden paths existed in those dense woods, but somehow... Wolven knew them all. Our wounds had been miraculously healed by that spinner back in Deepwoods with the help of some ancient Bosmeri salve concoction, and we couldn't quite process how quickly it had happened. But we didn't feel any pain or restriction. There were no scars from our burns. It was as if they were simply erased. In the evenings, we found primitive shelters in the overhangs of rock outcroppings and quietly conversed as we ate a myriad of local game roasted over a fire. We shared sips of rot meth from a water skin Wolven had brought along. Just sips, though. Real Bosmeri rot meth packed a real punch, 
and we needed to keep our wits about us. Although we wanted to, it wasn't quite the time for careless merriment. We reached Marbrook and Greenshade without a hitch. Jibs and I stayed outside the city proper and traversed its edge along a massive rock formation to the east, while Wolven entered the city to acquire some supplies for our continued journey. Since nobody was looking for him, it made it quite convenient to have him do some shopping while we had the opportunity. Jibs and I found a quaint place to hold tight until he signaled us from the front gate. It was an opening in the cliff's face, adorned with a hulking, ancient tree and overlooking the city of Marbrook. Peering down into the city from our hidden perch, high above the city, Jibs and I quietly contemplated our plight. The simplicity of the city folks going about their daily business really struck us hard. There was no threat to them. Their daily work consumed them until it was time to quit. Then they would undoubtedly head home for a family supper, play with their children, and converse with their better halves. Some would head to the tavern and swap stories of the workday with friends over an ale. As much as we knew we were best to put it out of our minds, we were both stressed and tired. Having to run and hide was wearing us down. We needed to do something about Abba's collectors. We could not go on like this forever. Abba's collectors' crime syndicate would be a tough nut to crack, but we would have to find a way. Trouble was, we needed time to consider our options and formulate a plan. For that, we'd need safety and security. That's where Somerset came into play. Once we were on the high sea, free and clear, we would be able to think. Unfortunately, though, we had some major obstacles to overcome before we could even get to that point. Jibs tried to put my mind at ease and said he had a plan, but I think he was just trying to keep me focused. My mind was, indeed, wandering. The truth was, we needed to secure passage to Somerset without being detected. It was obvious Elker Bazaram knew we were in the region, so he would undoubtedly have covered all of the major entry and exit points, especially the ports. We were headed to Woodhearth, a small port town on the western edge of Greenshade. The city was initially established as an outpost by the First Empire to secure its hold over the province of Valenwood. However, the Bosmer eventually migrated back into the port and made it their own. There is more of the Green Pack there than in many other places of Valenwood. With all of the travelers coming in and out of the port, it's a wonder they've been able to not scare away people, but somehow they pull it off. Well, anyways, there was no shortage of potential scenarios going through my brain. That being said, I knew we'd get it figured out. There was no doubt that getting captured and nearly burned alive by the Sea Vipers stunted our confidence, but I knew us. Jibs and I would pull it off. Now, with the help of an obviously capable companion in Wolven, my certainty swelled. There was one thing for sure. When we reached Somerset and finally got to settling the score with Basram, I had a mission. I was going to take out a chunk of the invading Maramur soldiers in Somerset once I had the chance. Having experienced their unwarranted cruelty and unwavering evil, I would hunt them down without remorse at every opportunity that presented itself. But enough of that. First things first, I thought. Deep in my thoughts, I didn't even notice Wolven's approach, 
Apparently, we had missed his signal. He set down a large satchel of recently purchased goods and addressed us in a low tone. Well met, friends. I have good news. I received a raven from my contact in Woodhearth. She's going to help us. She's confirmed that agents from Abaz are indeed in the port. What's more, they've arrived by sea. Wolven smirked. Jibs looked to me with a devious brow and a nod of confidence. See, brother, the divines shine upon us.